Well, good morning. Good morning to you all. And how are you doing this morning? Is it too hot? No? We can open up that back door if, if someone would like to, if it is a little bit warm, for those that are running warm. And, um, but we're going to be out of air conditioning for a little while, but it, you know, it doesn't matter. It's okay to sweat a little bit, right? I mean, we sweat for all kinds of things. Like there was a food truck festival, uh, a rib fest yesterday in Port Moody. How many of you went to rib fest? A few of you. How are you feeling today? Right? Yeah, me too. I've had some, we had some barbecue this week um, from a food truck. I won't tell you because it's too good and I don't want you to find it. But I'm still eating brisket and pulled pork and if you're a vegetarian, cornbread. Um, (laughs) But for those that, you know, like to dabble in the meats a little bit, uh, great food truck actually called Texas Smoke. It's in Langley at Dreidegger Farms, I heard an amen um, to that one, but uh, you can pick up some raspberries, some pies, and then stuff yourself with meat. It's good, it's good. Um, but we are, we are in a weird season of summer with this weather, and we're just not sure. It tempts us, um, but then it's cool again. But this week, it's gonna be hot, so uh, it'll be 27 degrees, so enjoy that. Um, I love the heat, and uh, I'm getting browner and browner, and by the end of the summer, I hope to be ahead of Rose. Um, That's my my goal, a little shout out. Um, Yeah, for those that don't know Rose, uh, we'll we'll show you who she is later, but she was in the announcements, and it was not the one on the right, Um, in case you're wondering. Um, I've, I've got Anna Beat. I mean, day one, I had Anna Beat, you know, on my, on my tan, but, but Rose is going to take a little longer. So anyway, let's pray or else this is going to get sidetracked and we might end up somewhere that we don't want to be. So Father, I thank you that you are the way, uh, the truth and the life that we come to you, Lord, today. And we ask that you would search our hearts, Lord. I pray as we open the scripture, it would be like the breath of God has opened up before us. The voice of God is speaking before us. The power of God is released into our lives that as we open your word this morning, we would be transformed in the renewing of our minds. Our spirits, our souls would be renewed this morning, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. This morning I want to share on the way, and we are beginning in Ephesians 5 this morning, and we're going to make it through probably the first eight verses or so in chapter 5. And here at Northside, when we're preaching through a book, we're not just going to skip uncomfortable passages, we're going to preach through them. Even though these verses might be a little bit prickly and they might hurt a little bit this morning, I think it's necessary that we have moments where we search our inner world, and see if there's areas that need correction, if there's areas that need reorienting to the way of Jesus Christ. You see, there's a very specific way that Jesus asks us to walk, and we're gonna begin there as we talk about the way of love. Our main point this morning is that as we walk along the way of love, this way of Christ this example of Christ, we walk from darkness into light. When the way of self 
the inner world, encounters the way of his light, allowing in the same way that these lights are shining on my face, as our inner world, our way of self, those dark spaces and places within us encounter the way of light, we begin to see shadows that exist in our soul. And we bring those shadows to him this morning. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter five, verse one and two, as we look at the way of love. We're gonna look at the way of love this morning, the way of self, and the way of light. Paul tells us to follow God's example. When I read that, I just paused for a moment because I realized there's actually an example to follow. Some of us didn't grow up with an example to follow. Some of us didn't have anybody that was just ahead of us showing us the way. But Paul encourages us that God has an example, and it's an example that can be followed. It's an example that is obvious. It's an example that isn't hidden from us. He doesn't tell us just follow this random example that you can't see any any proof of. No, he says follow God's example because God can be followed. Maybe that's you this morning that you haven't had an example to follow. I want to encourage you as we begin this passage and look at this that God has an example for you to follow and he's trustworthy and he will make his way known to you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. You see, this example that we can walk in is called the way of love. And as Pastor Jen talked about last week, this is the the moment in our lives where we need to be resensitized to God. We are resensitized to Christ, to community, and to the Spirit. If you didn't listen to that message, it was fire. Go back and listen to it. That's good, by the way. It was, it was awesome because th- there's these moments in our life where we might have been sensitized at one time. We might have followed God's way at one time. We might have followed the way of love at one time, but we need to reorient ourselves to follow it again and again and again and again. It's an ongoing Now, what I noticed about this passage is that Christ is the perfect example of the way of love. Not just Christ, but Christ's sacrifice is the way of love. And so I began to think that this way of love is is not just a way of emotional highs where it's kind of lovey-dovey feelings all the time. This way of love is actually a way of sacrifice. In the way I love the world, I sacrifice my own tendency to judge. In the way I love my coworkers, I sacrifice my need to always be right. In the way I love my church, I sacrifice my right to just be comfortable. In the way I love my wife, I sacrifice my right to go my own way. 
In the way I love my children, I sacrifice my right to just do what selfishly I want to do with my time. The way of love is the way of sacrifice. I sacrifice my rights to love. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4, that love, love is patient, love is kind, it keeps no record of wrongs. And then he has this phrase where he says, love does not insist on its own way. You see, there is a way of love. And this way of love is like a three-legged race. Is there a couple here that would like to help me with this? Boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, anyone? I'll wait until you volunteer before you're voluntold. Titus and Rachel, thank you. Come on up. Let's give it a hand for Titus and Rachel. You see, when we, when we love, we are not self-seeking. When we love, we do not insist on our own way. So if you just come up here. Have you ever done a, a three-legged race? Yeah. Okay, Titus hasn't, this is gonna be good. So what I'm gonna do is, I'm gonna, yeah, tie your ankles, and then what we're gonna do here is, let's see if this works. Oh, maybe I'll just tie it this way. Here, let me go this way. Wasn't sure how big the ankles were gonna be. These are a little smaller than what I anticipated, so I will adjust, and hopefully I will um, not kill you in the process. Okay, now, what I want you to do is, um, I would like for you to just walk in opposite directions. Uh, Rachel, you can go toward the wall there, and Titus, you can go toward... Yeah, see what... Oh, you broke it. You broke it. This, you, you, you broke my 50 cent... You see, what happens when we go our own way is there's brokenness. And, and when you don't... When you want to insist on your own way, there's always going to be brokenness in your relationship. It's impossible in your relationship. We'll pretend. We'll pretend. Now what I want you to do is, we're going to tie this even tighter. <laughs> tie your shoes together. I could have. I didn't think of that, Rachel. Thank you. So now I want you to turn, and I want you to now go together toward the drum cage. Together. Together. <laughs> Together. You see, this is actually, if we can get this off, which I don't think we can now. I think they've tightened it. I think they have tightened it, and now they will leave the stage. Just kidding. Thank you so much. Let's give them a round of applause. You see, the way of love focuses on we, not me. The way of love is the way of sacrificing our own direction. Sometimes our own desires. The way of love is the way of sacrifice. Love does not insist on its own way. Love does not, love focuses on what brings us together. When I was first married, I remember I would, 
Um, so background to this story before I tell the story was I grew up in a household where the TV was from the devil. You couldn't watch TV because through this device, you'd be on your way to hell. Anybody with me? Now, this was actually, this is funny, but crazy. Our TV that my parents did bring into the home was struck by lightning twice. (laughs) They lost two TVs to lightning, okay? So there was very good reason. Like, you could still see the burn marks from the lightning that hit it. My dad's watching football. It's like, blew up. So I could not grow up with a TV in our house because through it, of course, I would go to hell. Um, I couldn't have video games. Of course not. So everybody got the new, like the Nintendo, the original. And I'd have to go to my, sorry, mom and dad. I'd go to my friend's house and I would play it. I said it out loud. So much freedom. So much freedom in that. Super Mario Bros. Excite Bike. Remember that? Anyway, this is 80s. Like, no one knows what I'm talking about. Yes. Uh, thank you. Someone in my... Thank you. All right. A few of us that are in that, like, 40 range. Um, and so what are the first two things I bought when I got married? A giant TV. 50-inch. 50-inch TV and an Xbox. First two things. We didn't have a couch. (laughs) But I had, I had the TV, I had the Xbox, and I would sit on a box and play the Xbox. I know, it's funny. But I remember for the first year of marriage, I would go to work, and I would come home, and I would play Call of Duty. Just heard, oh dear Jesus. So I would go to work and I would get upset at work and then I'd come home and I would shoot Nazis, right? That was, that was the game. That was, I'm sorry, that was the game. That was the game. It was Call of Duty. You were an American soldier in World War II. I'm sorry, background. So I would come home and the first thing I do was I put on Xbox and I would play for an hour. And after about a year, honestly, it was like a year. My wife, Sonia, says, Joel, it'd be nice to talk when you got home. Like, you just play video games. And I was like, oh, you you mean like as soon as I get home or at some point? And she's like, no, like as soon as you get home, why don't we sit down and just talk about our day? And I was like, why didn't you tell me this like a year ago? And she's like, I just gave you space to kind of do your own thing but it's been a year and it'd be good if we just chatted. And I remember this moment where I was sitting there and for me personally, I just totally switched from insisting on my own way to just doing what's best for my marriage. You see, that decision was easy for me to focus on the leg that's tied together instead of going my own way. Not every decision is that easy. It might take you a moment to quit smoking, but it might take you a lifetime to get over anger. It might take you a moment to stop playing Call of Duty, but it might take you a lifetime to overcome insecurities. It might take you a moment to overcome alcohol. It might take you a lifetime to overcome fear. There are things that happen in moments and there are things that happen over a lifetime 
And, and we sacrifice our own way for the way of love. Paul calls this our own way. I'm going to call it the way of self. Paul goes on to say in Ephesians 5, verse 3 to 7, he says, among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such thing, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. Before I talk about this list, I want to talk about the way of self is not your personality. I'm not referring to an abandoning of our personality. I'm not referring to an abandoning of our unique way that God created us to be. I'm talking about the way of selfishness when I talk about the way of self. This is quite the list, and if you're like me, you look at this list and you see if there's any on this list that exists within you. And you have one of two reactions. You get to the end of the list. Something you don't think you're struggling with isn't on that list, and you feel good about yourself. Or you look at this list and you see something on this list that you do struggle with and you feel shameful. I'm here to tell you something. We are all on this list. I am on this list. And I'm supposed to be leading this whole thing. We are all on this list because we are all immoral. We are all impure. We are all idolaters. We just have to look deep enough within ourselves to find it. And the moment we don't think we're on this list, we're on the list. You see, it's impossible to get off the list. It's impossible to, continue, to just be obedient for the rest of your life. It's impossible. Breathe a huge sigh of relief. We are all on this list. We all deserve the wrath of God every single day of our lives. Every single day, we deserve wrath because we are disobedient. This is the way of self. This is the way of selfishness that must be abandoned. Every person on this planet is on this list. Lists in the Bible are never simply exhaustive. In other words, if it's not on the list, it doesn't exist. They're an example. He's basically saying, you're broken. You don't deserve the kingdom. You don't deserve forgiveness. You don't deserve freedom. 
The way of love is the way of sacrifice. It's this moment where I bring myself with all of my lists and all of my baggage and all of my darkness and all of the things I don't want anybody to see. I bring all of that to Christ Jesus every single day and I say, Jesus, set me free. I don't deserve this. I don't deserve freedom. I don't deserve life. I don't deserve love. I don't deserve any of it, but I bring myself to you. And Jesus, this is crazy what Jesus does for us because we don't deserve it. He takes it. He takes all, he takes these lists from all of us and he puts them on his back and he takes them to the cross and he nails them to the cross. All of our lists. Guess who's not on the list? Jesus is not on the list. Jesus doesn't do any of these things, but yet he pays the punishment for all of our lists. He takes our way of selfishness and sets us free. The way of self is our shadow side. It exists within each one of us that we don't want anyone to see. And for me in my own life, I'm working through some insecurities in my own life. Two that I'm working, I'm working on right now are comparison and pride. I've been working on these for a long time. I grew up as an athlete. I still think I'm an overweight one. I love sports. I was raised with sports. Sports is comparison. And I love the beauty of sports, but not the comparison of sports, not the pride of sports. And so I'm finding myself still after all these years. You know, certain things I cut off when I was 20 years old. Other things I cut off when I was 25 and I first got married. Other things I cut off years ago. But then there are these things that we work through over our whole life. These shadow sides of ourself. And I'm telling you, there is a better way than to allow those things to just be. When we allow the things within our shadow self to just be, they remain darkness. But when we allow the light in, what is simply dark is now exposed. In verse 8 and 9, Paul encourages us. After this list, he encourages us and says this, for you were once darkness, but you are now light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. You were once darkness. He says, not, not even just that you were in darkness. He goes, you actually were darkness. <laughs> You're defined by darkness. And what happens is, is we start in the darkness and we're hiding in the shadows. And what happens when we come to Jesus in prayer is we step into the light and what was in darkness now actually becomes a shadow. A shadow with no light is simply darkness. 
But as we step from the shadow or from the darkness into the light, God begins to show us these areas of our life. And we live as children of light. God said to me, Joel, give yourself grace as I expose your shadow side with my light. I want to encourage you this morning as well that when we look at the list that exists within ourself, give yourself grace. That as you come to Jesus in prayer, as you come to him this morning in worship, as you come before the light of the world and he begins to shine and you begin to see areas that need improving, areas that need deliverance, area that needs healing, all of these areas that are broken that need restoration, just allow that light to just shine on you and it'll create these shadows in your soul and you bring that to Jesus and you say, I can now see what I thought was just darkness. I now see the outline of it. I see the shape of it. I know why it's there. And then what you do as well, when you begin to see these outlines, these shadows, these shapes of things that exist within your being, you you bring them to someone you trust. You bring them to a friend. You bring them to a pastor. You bring them to a counselor. You bring them to your wife. You bring them to your husband. You bring them to someone and you say, hey, listen, these exist. God's shown me something. Do you pray with me? Can I talk to you about these things? And this is a way to bring them into the light. The most beautiful thing as well is when we bring them into the light, they actually become testimonies. You see, testimonies Stories of what God is doing in our life. Testimonies always begin in the dark. And then a testimony is the way that God has brought that story, that situation into the light and he's pierced it with his light. And what is amazing is that what once existed in darkness is transformed into light. What once was our weakness and our brokenness, our addiction or whatever, as it comes into the light, guess what happens? It actually is now transformed into light and our testimony becomes a light for others to see. So what what once existed in darkness and stayed in darkness and the enemy was celebrating over, God brings it into the light and he transforms it in the light and now what was in darkness becomes a testimony for others and people are drawn to that story and people are drawn to that beacon of light and your testimony that began in darkness actually is transformed into light for others to see. When we come out of the darkness into the light, we don't leave the way of self. We bring it with us. And now my story of being 20 years old and 
overcoming drugs and overcoming alcohol and moving out here from New York to go to university and all of these things. Now that testimony of what was in darkness is now in the light. I'm transformed and God uses it for his glory. We, we have this story in Genesis chapter 50, the story of Joseph. And I don't have time to get into it all, but the, the Cliff's notes in literally 60 seconds. Joseph, very young man, super cool, super prideful. And he was gifted by God to interpret dreams and prophetic gifting and all this stuff. His brothers saw his life and they were jealous of him. So they threw him in a hole. Um, there's better ways. Then they sold him into slavery. Joseph is a slave. He then gets busted for doing something he didn't do. He goes into prison, from the slave to prison. Eventually, he interprets a dream of the Pharaoh at the time, and he now rises from slavery to prison to Pharaoh's household, and he becomes number two ruler in all of Egypt, number two. So from the pit to the promise, Joseph. Now, his brothers are coming back because there's a famine in the land and they need food for the family. His brothers, the ones who threw him in a pit, are standing before him and we have this interaction because they're afraid when they realize it's Joseph. And Joseph says to them, do not fear, for I am in the place of God. As for you, you meant evil against me, but guess what? God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. You see, Joseph, God used what was in darkness so that when Joseph was brought into the light and he's ruling, God now transforms what was meant for evil into good. And not just good for Joseph, not just good for Egypt, but good for those who threw him in darkness. What a testimony this is. You might be here today and you grew up and you had parents that weren't the best, they weren't supportive, your dad was not supportive, your mom was not supportive, you have great grandparents that weren't supportive, you grew up with nobody to show you the way, nobody to show you an example. I want to promise you today that God will transform what was lost in the darkness, what was not provided for you in the darkness, God will transform that into light. And it will become part of your story. This will become your testimony. Isaiah 60, 1 to 3, the same concept. Arise, shine, for your light has come. God is speaking this over the nation of Israel. This is also a passage about Jesus. It's called a messianic passage about Jesus. And I believe it's also a passage for us this morning. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you and his glory will be seen upon you. And then what happens? Nations, 
will come to your light. Kings to the brightness of your rising. Darkness to light. Night to day. The sun was always there. It just came onto our horizon. God, his light shines upon us and transforms what is within us that's in darkness into light. And others that are still in darkness will be drawn to that light. When our story is brought into the light, our story becomes God's glory. When our story is brought into the light, that story, that history is used for God's glory. This morning, I I want us to ask God to transform our story into his glory. That we would bring these areas within ourselves into the light this morning and we're gonna sing over them, I'm going to see a victory. The battle belongs to the Lord. I'm going to see a victory. I'm not promising you complete victory today. It might take a lifetime. But when we say I'm gonna see a victory, that means defeat is not an option. Remaining in darkness is not an option. We bring our self into the light this morning and we say, I'm gonna see a victory. It might be in this moment, I'm gonna see a victory. It might be this week, this month, this year. It might be this decade, I'm going to see a victory. What are the things that we need victory in? The battle is not yours, it is the Lord's. We find ourselves in it. We find ourselves feeling the arrows coming against us. We find ourselves in these relationships that are broken. We find ourselves in them, but the battle, the victory is not ours. It is the Lord's. Father, I pray for this morning that we would release the battle to you. I'm hesitant to give you my battles, Lord. I think that I can do a perfectly good job of fighting them. And I try through self-effort, Lord. I try through numbing, Lord. I try through ignoring, Lord. I try through just allowing those things to remain in the shadows of my soul. I, I try, Lord. But that is never successful. And so this morning, Lord, wherever we are all at, whatever lists that we have within us, Lord, we bring them into the light this morning. And I pray that as we worship you and turn our attention and our affection toward you, and as we worship through this song, Lord, 
I pray that we will have a glimpse of victory. For some, that'll be instant victory this morning, total, total restoration and healing right now. For some, that'll be later today, this week, this year. We don't know the timing because the battle is yours. But one thing we can say, Lord, on this side of heaven or that side of earth, we are gonna see a victory. In Jesus' name, amen.